Get your family vehicles ready for summer driving with early Memorial Day deals at Dobbs. Click on GoToDobbs.com for money, save, retire, and service deals today. Dobbs. With 43 locations, real deals are always close by. Time now for the balloon party on the Tim McKernan Podcast. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. Yes, yes. Welcome in the yuppie and the douchebag. <laughs> Tim McCartney Action Jackson with you here for an hour. That's it. And uh, we're having serious talks today about cutting it back to a half hour. There's a board meeting. Just a convenient, tidy little half hour. That's right. Half hour respite. <laughs> uh, Jeremy Rutherford's going to be in studio here in just a few minutes, too. Yep. And I am looking forward to talking it over with him, not just necessarily about uh, last night's game, but about uh, a variety of topics, including a report that Doug Armstrong was looking to see if there was any interest in Jordan Bennington. Uh, so as always, when Jeremy Rutherford's in studio, and it's quite often on Fridays, as is the case again today, uh, you are welcome to send your questions in 65780. And if you've been listening to the show, and how many shows have we done now? Is this 54, yeah. 54 balloon parties? I think parties? this is our 54th balloon party. 54 editions of Yuppie and the Douchebag. Uh, you know that we will read not necessarily every text, but a decent amount of text. For Jackson, sure. uh, yesterday the show was renamed Yuppie and the Douchebag. We're trying to figure out who's the yuppie and who's the douchebag. Right. We're kind of, it's like picking teams almost. I feel like I'm probably the yuppie just because I grew up in Ladue, but that would also make me kind of a douchebag too. So it's like... Just because somebody is born... In a school district that would go to what is perceived to be an affluent high school, right. they are a douchebag. That seems unfair. It, oh, it's certainly unfair. But then again, I don't think logic is a big part of this equation. All right. I want to know who the yuppie is and who the douchebag is. Yeah, send in your text. All right, 65780. Uh, because Jeremy Rutherford is going to be with us at 1015 and will be blues-centric, we will uh, we will hold off on the blues-penguins discussion. How much of that did you watch last night? I know you'll be honest. Uh, not a single second. I admire your willingness to get killed. Yeah, I mean, I just, I don't, uh, no point in lying. I didn't watch. And I respect your honesty. There's no point in lying. There is great tournament basketball on. It only comes around once a year, so I'm going to watch it. Um, I did watch the first couple of periods. Eh, I feel like I've seen a lot of that lately. Mm-hmm. Third period was outstanding. Barbershop everywhere. And the uh, the overtime was legitimately thrilling. And they didn't lose in that uh, in that part of the overtime. It was the shootout that got them this time. Uh, but we'll talk it over with Jeremy Rutherford. Uh, so, because we only have a few minutes to talk about the tournament, which uh, is Jackson's favorite thing, that Randy Carrick and I were just talking about this. Now, see, I think you're th- you get accused of just agreeing with me, being a subservient yuppie. Yeah, I don't. I I think we've disagreed on a multitude of topics. I don't. I think it's just one of those things to pick on. Sure. You or me or us or whomever yeah. about. But whatever. Either way, I think we disagree on this. Randy Carrick and I for our two minute podcast that goes on as <laughs> right. he's walking out and I'm walking in. He, he goes, Howard, into the tournament are you? I go, Honestly, it's just not what it for me. It's not what it used to be. And as much as I liked and I did, I watched the end of uh, St. Peter's in Kentucky last night. Mm-hmm. As much as I was polling for St. Peter's, and I don't know how far I have Kentucky in my bracket. All I know is Michigan is going to win this <laughs> thing. But uh, the it's like Kentucky has this great year, and they have a bad game against a team that gets ridiculously hot, and it's over. And I hate that. I hate that. I hate that. 
because it renders the previous four or five months worthless. Now, you have to disagree with me, don't you? I don't disagree with your premise, but I I just don't see a, another way of going about it. And I also love that element of it. And I think, yes, I think in many ways it is not the most conducive way to pick a champion. But at the end of the day, you got to, it's 40 minutes of basketball. You have to win, what would it be? I'm doing the math in my head. Five games? Six games? I think it's six. Six games. You got to win six 40 minute basketball games, and that's all it comes down to. That's all, that's, the bad part about it, it's also the awesome part about it. So it's give and take. You take a little bit when your team makes a run, and you give a little bit when one game decides your fate. I mean, there was a moment there, albeit a fleeting one, in which Georgia State, and I was watching this, mm-hmm. was really hanging with Gonzaga. Absolutely. And what was the final way? The, like, there was a run that had to have been something along the lines of 30 to yeah. 5 or something yeah. like that to end the game. Yeah, I was watching that, and as soon as, I think it was like an and one, or maybe it was that Chet Holgren dunk and transition where I was like, here goes a run where they're just going to take the top off. And that's exactly what they did. Georgia State started settling for terrible shots. And I knew, like, here it goes. And then they went on, like, a 25-point run. Uh, I, I, that, that uh, New Mexico State wins the 12. Uh, Richmond wins the 12. Spiders. Uh, you had a few things for your predictionary. I was all in on Michigan. Uh-huh. That puts me at 5-3 five and, three five and three. predictionary. 5-3. Uh, we created a lot of Colorado State fans on this show. We did, right? Yesterday. Well, I did. Uh, who were you... Who who are you on? I, I thought so. I feel like you were off on a lot yesterday. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I okay, was, so where are we on this? I, I, was, need to, I need to get this updated. I was in on South Dakota State. Uh, they took a loss to— Did they cover? Because I'll give you that because I can't—because I'm no. sure they weren't— Okay, no. so they didn't cover. They oh. were—I think they were two-point dogs, and they lost by like eight. So they didn't cover. All right, so you get a loss there. Right, and then I, tr- I can't really remember what other games that I said I was really on. I feel—oh, it's not till today, but UAB— and Houston. I like UAB. I feel like you were on another one. I can't remember what it was. Hmm. I mean, you can't remember, and that's you're the one <laughs> keeping know. track of the thing. I know. Now I feel like throwing something again. Oh, feel free. I just, I, uh, what was a game? UAB, UAB Houston. I know I'm on UAB for that one. I can't remember if I was interested in any of the, I was interested in all of them. I watched that Creighton, uh, it was a Creighton and South, uh, San Diego State game last night. That was great. That was overtime game. It was awesome. Uh, basketball players tend not to be very approachable and come across as jerks and not very humble. Hockey players, on the other hand, are very approachable and likable and humble. I don't know what spurred the text. I'll be honest with you. Hmm. But it's a take. got to hold my tongue. Uh, sports station, when not watching, our number two team is unexceptionable. There we go. That makes me the yuppie, I guess. Um, unexceptionable, uh, I guess. I don't know. The, it, it, is it unacceptable to call the Blues a number two team? It doesn't seem very yeah, fair. I was about that. Well, unacceptionable just in general is fascinating <laughs> in and of itself. But nonetheless, uh, I think a lot of people would say that they are more interested in the Blues than the Cardinals. Now, overall, in uh-huh. St. Louis, I think that, yeah. that would be the case. Mm-hmm. But the stock of the St. Louis Blues, even before 2019, was uh, in an upward trajectory and Corey Dickerson and the guy who was pitching overseas and uh, Nick Whitgren just go, oh, yeah, on brand. Right. I think that there's more Cardinal fans in St. Louis, but I think there's more hardcore fans in the Blues camp. Uh, guys, the name of the show should be Two Douchebag Yuppies. Now we're talking. Now then we're it, talking. Then it, then it simplifies it. Right. It doesn't roll off the tongue like yuppie and I'm asking, And I'm asking this from a place of sincerity. I really am. This is a moment of... 
me wanting to really engage with the audience here. The term yuppie, who is using it in 2022? Like, where is it being used? I haven't heard it maybe ever. I mean, I've heard the term, but it's never been, like, used in a context around me and my friends ever. So... I don't know if anyone's using Douche it. Douchebag, super popular, right. kind of emerges a mainstream portion of the lexicon right around the turn of the century. Yuppie kind of had already gone out by then, mm. but maybe maybe this show can bring it back. I think if, if we're- Yuppie if we, and the douchebag. If we can do anything in our one hour every day, it's to bring back terms like yuppie. Uh, I'm going to say it. Jackson has better takes than Tim. That's from the 314. <laughs> My dad's texting it again. Uh, baseball players are a uh, word I don't think I can say here. Hockey, which is it's a negative word. Yeah. Uh, hockey players are the only normal pro athletes. That's from the 618. Yeah, I don't, I, I don't know. I think there's a ton of very nice pro athletes in all sorts of sports. Jackson, the fact that you're from Ladue and a douchebag is why you've never heard the term yuppie. That's from the 573. That doesn't make any sense. March Madness is once a year. Bitching about not watching a few Blues games is unacceptable. Wuss crap. I don't even like basketball, but come on, yuppie texter. Now, now, <laughs> now it's yuppie on yuppie crime. I love texter warfare. It's one of my favorite phenomenons. Uh, Jeremy Rutherford going to join us here in studio in a matter of moments. Your questions are welcome. 65780. So even if uh, you uh, hate the fact that uh, I just exist or Jackson does not uh, watch the Blues... Uh, you can hear from Jeremy Rutherford. I'm anxious to talk it over with him. I texted you last night. I said, hey, can he come in tomorrow? Because there's yeah, some yeah. stuff going on. I want to see what he has to th- say about it. And we always enjoy having your questions and asking those and talking it over. Blues pick up a point last night, kind of like one on Sunday where you're like, eh, I don't know if they really deserve it, but we'll take it. And we'll uh, take on CBJ tomorrow. We'll talk it over with Jeremy Rutherford coming up next. You are listening to Yuppie and the Douchebag doing business as... Tim and Boy on 101 ESPN. We're right back to the balloon party on the Tim McKernan Podcast. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. Yes, yes. Welcome back to Balloon Party 101 ESPN. Tim McKernan, Jackson Burkett, Yuppie and the Douchebag. Uh, Jeremy Rutherford in studio with us here on Friday. This is kind of becoming a tradition. A tradition like, uh, unlike any other, I think. Yes, yes. Yes, yes. (laughs) Yes. Uh, I am looking forward to talking over with you. I have my own questions, but I know that the listeners like to hear uh, from you as well with their questions. So send them in, 65780, the Air Comfort Service text line. Tim McKernan, Jeremy Rutherford with you on 101 ESPN. First off, let's talk about last night, and I was following you on Twitter while watching the game, and it was one of those games where it's like, oh, they lost, that sucks. But it was nice that they got a point because it was one of those that if this was a boxing scorecard and had it gone into a decision, it would have gone Pittsburgh's way. Yeah, for sure, Tim. You know, just not a lot of assertiveness there the first couple periods. You know, quality opponent, Pittsburgh comes into town. We're down the home stretch, 20-plus games to go. And, you know, it just wasn't there for the Blues the first two periods, getting severely outshot. You know, to me, it always starts in the defensive end. I just saw... You know, a team that uh, had trouble not necessarily getting the puck out, but uh, just making good, crisp plays to get the puck up ice and get on that forecheck. And therefore, they just didn't have any shots last night. If they did get in the offensive zone, it was, you know, a pass off the mark. And so outshot 45-25 last night. And they did pick it up in the third period. Nice to see. Would have liked to have seen more of that last night, but uh, I think they really did steal a point. The uh, overtime has been a thorn in their side. The record indicates that. But last night, I 
first off, it was just fun to watch. But secondly, they, they, they played pretty well, I thought. And I saw Craig Berube talked about that as well, relative to recent overtime debacles. Yeah, definitely relative, right? Yes. One and six record going mm-hmm. into uh, last night. And, you know, you watch that when they dropped the puck last night in overtime. It's like, okay, come on. You know, you got to be better than you've shown here lately. And, shoot, that game could have been over. Uh, Krug hits the post. And it could have been over. And they had a couple other opportunities. But uh, all in all, I think what the shots were 4-4 in overtime. And uh, you get to the shootout. And, you know, shootout attempts weren't very good, I thought. So, uh, again, you know, the way they played last night for the 40 minutes, uh, they had to feel pretty good getting out of there with that point. So, uh, certainly a lot of people got going yesterday about a report uh, regarding Jordan Bennington and the Blues calling around and asking if there was interest. The report coming from Frank Cervelli uh, at dailyfaceoff.com kind of puts people such as yourself in a weird spot because it's hearsay, and yet you do have sources, and and you can only report what you know because you don't want to get into the business of just reporting rumors, even though you're in a weird spot, because understandably a lot of people are curious about it when somebody who is a credible reporter starts talking about it. So this is the topic that a lot of people this morning in St. Louis are discussing. What are your opinions? What is your knowledge on the topic of Jordan Bennington and the possibility of the Blues having an interest in moving him? Yeah, just a little background and context here. I mean, it's trade deadline time of the year, so let's go back three weeks, four weeks. I mean, you hear things left and right you hear so much stuff but you know like you Tim you know you've been doing this what 15 16 17 years covering the blues and you know if if you want to last that long in the business you have to maintain a certain respect level you know you can't just throw stuff out there willy-nilly so you know whether it's the Jordan Bennington situation which I'll get to in a second or you know other rumors speculation that I've heard the past two three four weeks you can't just throw stuff out there so you know when you know, I heard that uh, could the Blues be interested in moving Bennington? Have teams around the league called the Blues about Jordan Bennington in the past couple of weeks? I did my due diligence, and it just didn't seem like there was anything tangible there, mm-hmm. credible. Uh, you know, you're talking to people in the know. Jordan Bennington has a no-trade clause. You know, one of the first things you do, has he been asked to waive that no-trade clause? You know, the answer is no. Now, that can change with one phone call. He could get a call today. Will you waive it to go to Toronto? And the deal goes through. So, you know, I make decisions every single day what to run with and, and what not to run with. And so I, you know, didn't touch that one here recently. You know, a report surfaces somewhere else. You know, they've obviously heard some of the same things that I've heard. And, uh, and it gets out there. So, you know, sometimes uh, I think... You don't want to say you sit on your hands, but you sit back and you just try to to go about it the right way. You don't want to put something out there that's going to stir it up for no reason. So, you know, now focusing on the possibility of it, yeah, I mean, it could make sense for the St. Louis Blues. Billy Huso is playing terrific. I think he would be the starter if the playoffs started tomorrow. If if some team wanted Jordan Bennington the last five years of that contract, like a Toronto, you can get a Billy Huso for $3.5, 4000000 You're saving $2 million on the cap next mm-hmm. year. And now the question marks about Bennington's inconsistency, they're not your issue anymore. So, you know, I think it does make sense for the Blues. I find it hard to believe, even with some of the teams around the league that have goaltending problems, that they would take on that contract. So when, when we were to play it out, is this the kind of thing, and I realize this, for the record, is 100% speculative, just a report like this, is this something that 
can or you have seen cause an issue, even if it is simply rumor speculation? For example, is Jordan Bennington going to be irritated if the Blues are floating him out there to people? Yeah, I think so. I mean, shoot, we're seeing it with uh, Baker Mayfield, right, in Cleveland. You know, he finds out that they're interested in Deshaun Watson, mm-hmm. and then now he's asking for the trade request. So I, there's definitely feelings involved. You know, I think with uh, Jordan Bennington at this point, he's probably already got a snarl on just because maybe he's not playing as many games as he wants to play, and perhaps he knows that if the playoffs started tomorrow, it would be Billy Huso. So now the fact that, you know, is it true, is it not true, you know, there probably isn't uh, somebody within the organization going to him and addressing a report and saying, hey, here's where it is. You know, I know that Doug Armstrong, well-respected, carries himself very well, Uh, you know, uh, players respect him for how he operates. But he's not going to go into the locker room or go up to Jordan Bennington and, and address a report like this. So, you know, he, Jordan Bennington's left to wonder, right? And and so, you know, they just play hockey. That's what Doug's asking him to do. That's what Jordan's going to continue to do. And if it were to come to a trade this weekend before Monday's deadline, they'll have that conversation. Uh, but Jordan Bennington, he's a pro, and he just has to deal with you know, the white noise that's out there. So with regards to this trade deadline, this is uh, one of your busiest times of the year, I would imagine. Uh, locked in. Fans are locked in. Fans are certainly expecting something to happen. Um, here we are. We're a few days away. What are your thoughts on where things are for the Blues? Busy time of the year. Put it this way. I take my cell phone to the restroom. Oh, wow. <laughs> you, gotta, you have to. I think I've burned a hole in this cell phone. I'm going to get another <laughs> one just staring at it. You never know. Like You could be uh, anywhere. Yeah, I was on the treadmill this morning and you're staring at it. Uh, you don't know if you're going to get a text from an agent. You don't know if you're going to get a tweet from a national reporter that says the Blues have traded so-and-so. You know, it's just that's how it is. But, yeah, what are the Blues going to do? Uh, we thought that uh, or we know that Ben Schrott was their top guy that they were going after. He goes to Florida in that trade. And, you know, I wrote about it this morning, double whammy, because that price that Florida gave up uh, to Montreal for Ben Schrott, you know, lofty price, that raises the price, I think, of sure. a lot of guys. Not that the price wasn't already high, but uh, it certainly solidifies what those other teams are, are asking for. You know, so Hampus Lindholm, Anaheim, he's not going to be in the lineup tonight. They're holding them out to protect the asset. Uh, you know, I got to believe that there's probably some dialogue with the Blues, and, you know, I'm sure it's been going on for, for weeks, but uh, he's a guy. Uh, but if the price is too high, is it the first-round pick? Is it a third-round pick? Is it Jake Neighbors, too? Is, is Zach Bolduke involved? I think at some point Doug Armstrong is going to weigh, do we have the type of team to give up these assets to bring in a Hampus Lindholm. If it's not, then you're going to have to go to one of those other guys. We have a list of 11 of them in the story today. Okay, so this is interesting. This is a follow-up question. And like I said, people are welcome to text in 65780. I was texting with some people last night about uh, a variety of topics while watching the game. You said if Doug Armstrong determines we have the type of team. So you could take that one of two ways. I'm sure you had in your mind, of course, what you were talking about. One of the theories would be, Maybe he just doesn't view this team as much of a contender for Stanley Cup as the standings would indicate they are, and then therefore he would temper his aggression because of that. Then the other way one could take it is maybe they don't have the kind of team with the assets in order to get the caliber of players that might be out there with the price being raised with the Sherratt deal. So from your perspective, when you're talking about the type of team and Doug Armstrong, where are you coming from on that? 
Yeah, I think this. I just tried to read the tea leaves. I mean, one of those texts that's uh, coming to my phone is not going to be Doug Armstrong saying, hey, we're interested in Lindholm. Here's the game plan, <laughs> JR. Go with it. Here's the game plan. But here, trying to read the tea leaves. Look, if they're interested in a Sherratt and they're in conversations with Montreal and he backs out because it's a first-round pick and a prospect and so on and so forth, to me, you don't just go from, you know, hey, I think we're a contender. We need to add a Ben Sherratt. Okay, we didn't get him. Nah, you know what? Let's fold the cards. I don't think that's the case. I think if you were making that play, that you're probably still making that play. Now the decision just comes down to, okay, what's the pivot, which guy, and how much are we willing to give up? And here's my question. I know we touched on it a couple weeks ago, is I can understand fans saying that, okay, Doug's smart about this. He knows that this isn't the year. The Blues aren't just one defenseman away from, from winning, so he should not give up the assets this year. What's going to change next year? And I know a lot, you know, potentially could change. Colorado's still going to be good, right? Mm -hmm. Vegas could bounce back and have a better year. You know, so it, this isn't a deal where you fold the cards and you say, okay, well, next year is going to be the year. Next year we're going to trade a first-round pick in Jake Neighbors to get that guy, and then we're going to be a better team. I, I think the, the competition's still going to be stiff. So, again, going back to it, I feel like if they consciously made the decision we're in this thing, let's go get Ben Schrott, I, I think they're probably still of that mindset that they're looking for a guy to help get them to that level. So therefore, your expectation, if you had to throw a uh, $20 bet down, would be that there will be activity over the next uh, 48, 72 hours. Yeah, I mean, that's just uh, my my guess, my feeling. You know, mm -hmm. we could be talking on Monday at 3 and, and Doug Armstrong didn't do anything. In fact, in the past week or so, you know, I've heard being around the organization that uh, there had been some feeling that maybe we won't do anything at all. But again, that goes back to hearsay things that you hear what do you do with that information and uh, so to me you know you watch this team they got that deep forward group uh, you know I do think there's a glaring hole on defense I think Billy Huso right now looks like a goalie who could take you you know a couple rounds I think there's a hole there and I think Doug will probably address it that's my feeling all right we will uh, go to the text line presented by Air Comfort Service here on the other side of the break your questions will just fire through and we do it here on most Fridays when Jeremy Rutherford is in town and can come into the studios we look forward to talk over with JR next with your questions here on balloon party doing business as Tim and boy and now brand new yuppie and the douchebag on 101 ESPN Right back to the balloon party on the Tim McKernan podcast presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. Welcome back to ESPN. Tim McKernan with you here on the show. And look, Jeremy Rutherford is in studio to field your questions. And we're just going to go through as many as possible because Jackson has so what your grandma think. And JR, you are not on it this Another week. Another week, I made it. You survived. <laughs> so, yeah, you might be on it in 20 years. That's kind of the right. time frame. Uh, if you start covering like the Wizards in, in 10 years, <laughs> That's then, correct. You might get on then, then you might uh, get in there. Uh, let me uh, just go through them here and make sure that we, Jack Flaherty is never going to pitch again. Again, sometimes I just don't know. <laughs> Where these come from, but I enjoy them nonetheless. Uh, okay, I am not thrilled to hear the Bennington rumors, but I understand it. If nobody takes him and his contract does uh, Army offer Huso, then the Blues can't keep both Huso and Bennington uh, and get the defenseman they need. That is from the 618. JR. 
Yeah, so if we we address the Bennington situation already, but yeah, if he doesn't like that there's rumors out there and he goes to Doug Armstrong and says, yes, I would approve a trade, perhaps that uh, could happen eventually. Who knows? Uh, but as far as the Huso part of that question, you know, I don't think the Blues can trade Billy Huso. He is their guy right now. They they need him going into the playoffs. And Tim, uh, Doug Armstrong always looks at it. I'm going to get way more out of Billy Huso for the next two, two and a half months in a potential playoff run than I am if I trade him for a third round pick, second round pick. Uh, Doug Armstrong is a smart guy. He knows one move is not going to make this team a Stanley Cup team, especially when Calgary and Colorado each have gotten better with trades, and that would not be a smart business move to trade away draft picks and young players for one guy, and you're still not good enough to win a Stanley Cup. I realize that's not a question. It's an opinion, but it's an opinion I've, I've seen people talk about, that the gap is is substantive between the Blues and in Colorado specifically. Uh, your thoughts on that and perhaps trying to get inside the mind of, of the Blues GM? Well, I don't disagree with that opinion whatsoever, but but here's my question. There's going to be good teams every single year. Right. So should you look at it like, hey, we're not going to win it this year, so we might as well try for next year. And secondly, while I'm not trying to say that the Blues are one of the top two teams in the league, how many position spots are they away from being that team that we're talking about? Because if they brought in, let's just say, a Hampus Lindholm, I like their chances. they got a good forward group. I like Krug and Falk. Yeah, you know, and, and even if you don't like that team with Hampus Lindholm on it, you know, who are you adding next year to make yourself better than what you have right now? Are you going out to spend with cap room that you don't have to add to this team? So to me, I'm not saying that every year should be an all-in, all I'm saying is, yeah, if you added a defenseman, I think you're sitting pretty good if Philly Huso can keep this up. Uh, JR, why aren't we seeing James Neal? Yeah, you know what? Uh, we potentially could see him, and for people who don't know, he was uh, reassigned to Springfield AHL a uh, month or so ago, two months ago, and he's down there. I think he's got nine goals in 11 games, looking mm. pretty good. But to me, I don't know, he just doesn't fit what the Blues have right now. Uh, I like their four lines. We all like them. And can you plop them on the fourth line and get something out of them? I suppose. But, you know, why shouldn't a goal scorer like James Neal be tearing up the American Hockey League? I don't know that seeing those stats uh, lead you to say, hey, you got to get him up here real quick. You can send your questions in. We're going fast and furious here on a Friday with Jeremy Rutherford in studio. 65780, this time check of 1040 in the morning on 101 ESPN, brought to you by Clarkson Jeweler. 65780, send your questions or comments. And when is everyone going to realize that Pareko just isn't that good? Had his head down in OT, got his butt kicked. Maybe that'll wake him up. Doubted he played well in 2019 because he was paired with Big Bo. He's a disappointment. Saw him tap a Penguins player's shin pads after a play like he was saying, good play. Uh, that is from the 636 Pareko fire coming in. Yeah, tough topic. I mean, I'm not going to sit here and say I'm voting for him for the Norris. I'm not his agent looking for the next uh, big contract for Colton Pareko. He's already got that. Uh, look, Colton Pareko, he is what he is to me. I think he is a, an above-average player. Is he an elite player? No. Do you wish that you could get more physicality? Yeah. Are there going to be some hiccups? Yeah, like there are with a lot of defensemen if you watch them on an 82-game uh, basis. But uh, who are you going to bring in? That's the biggest thing. You can be down on somebody on the roster every single year. Uh, you can look at the contract and say, why did Doug Armstrong give him the eight years? Uh, who can you bring in that's going to do that job? There aren't that many number one defensemen in the league, Tim. The Blues got rid of him. Alex Petrangelo, it's a tough time replacing him. That's a big responsibility on Colton Preko's shoulders. He's got it some nights, and some nights uh, you're going to be disappointed. 
Uh, this team can definitely win a cup this year. That's from the 636. Uh, JR, would you consider, and then, and then the very next text, JR, <laughs> you see this, Jackson? JR, would you consider a soft rebuild? So we have right here, we have the delta that is the Air Comfort Service text line. Yeah. Are you reading the, the text line or my Twitter feed? <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> well, your mentions. Yeah. Yeah. You no, and Gabe DeArmond. It, it, it's, uh, yeah, the mentions. It's, uh, it's tough because that's what you see. And, and I get it. Like, the, the fan base is going to be uh, split at times. I don't know that this is a cup team. Now, a second ago, I said I like their chances. If you can bring in the defenseman, especially an elite one, and if Billy Huso can continue to be this guy, I like their chances of going to, you know, can they get by Colorado? Anything can happen once you get on the ice. Three rounds. I think they could be that team. Do I think they can win it all this year? A lot would have to go their way, right? With about 20 games left in 2019. Now, they obviously were surging, but it was such a weird situation. Were you thinking this could be a cup team? I mean, I know it's weird to put you in in that spot, but 75% of the way through the year, totally different set of circumstances. Yeah, so in terms of uh, their roster and are they going to knock off every team along the way and you know, I think there's a cup team, I didn't think that. What I felt was they're rolling, and Mm -hmm. if you're rolling and you're hot, Anything can happen. Absolutely. And even though they won, and even though they were a dominant team, look how many breaks it took. I mean, you had to, you know, come back from dropping two against Winnipeg on home ice. You had the hand pass game. You had, uh, you know, the loss in game six on home ice against. So much they had to happen. some bullets in that overtime against the yeah. Stars. So did I say, hey, they're going to run through this thing? No, I didn't look at that, but I said they are rolling. But to go back to that last question, I think they're more of a team that has a chance than I am that they need to do the soft rebuild. I mean, this is who they are. Doug Armstrong decided which way they were going. They got the long-term contracts on a lot of key guys, veteran guys, that it, 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 those deals aren't tradable right now. You can't do the rebuild. You got the young up-and-comers with the Kyrus and the Thomases. This is who they are. There's no rebuild. Uh, the Blues have traded away a ton of draft choices over the past few years. Their farm system is very shallow right now. Let's not waste more draft capital on players that won't make a huge difference. This is not encaps a cup team from the 314. Yeah, I mean, you're going to hear it uh, from now till the trade deadline, I think, on, on what Doug Armstrong should and, and, and could do here. And, look, I think we need to give him uh, the benefit of any doubt because of the track record that he's established. I really do think even though he needs uh, – I'm sorry, he's looking at this like the Blues could really use an upgrade on D, he's not going to overpay, I don't think. I don't feel like we're going to be writing a story today, tomorrow, or Monday that says, wow – you know, Doug Armstrong really overpaid, like they were saying with the Sherratt deal. That's why Sherratt is not here in St. Louis, because Doug Armstrong said, I'm not giving up that price to do it. And I think that's going to continue to be the case. I think he's realistic about the team's chances, and he knows ahead of time what he wants to give up for it. Uh, what uh, What do you think the competition in the West is going to be doing over the next 48, 72 hours? Do you think we're going to see a lot of activity when you're talking about the, the the big boys, or you're talking about the teams that the Blues might see in the, in the first round of Minnesota, Nashville, how this would would wind up playing out? You think we're going to see a lot of activity in the West in particular? Yeah, the big boys have kind of uh, you know already started. Uh, so you're talking about Colorado and uh, Calgary. Uh, Colorado gets Manson. Um, you know, I think that uh, Colorado's not done, and I'm just going by the reports from the colleagues Pierre LeBrun at the Athletic. You know, Colorado is heavily involved in the Claude Giroux sweepstakes. You know, if that's a good question there, you know, if, if uh, Colorado gets Giroux, does that change Doug Armstrong's mind about, hey, can we get past this team? Mm-hmm. So I think, uh, you know, that's a factor uh, in terms of the teams, 
you know, not Colorado and Calgary, so the teams that the Blues like Minnesota, like Nashville, yeah, I think there could be uh, some potential moves there. I think Minnesota, you know, they've been on the skids here for a while. Would Big Bill Guerin see something that he wants to do to to help their chances? That's probably something. And uh, Nashville, too, never underestimate what David Poyle could do. So, you know, I do think that regardless of what the Blues do, we're probably going to see a lot of action with those teams. Nice little break last night for the Blues at the uh, Flyers. Uh a little surprise there in the last few minutes and got uh, two points in regulation against the Predators. Uh, We talked about this, I know, last time you were in. Mark Giordano, yes or no, uh, JR? Yeah, I mean, he could be a guy. If Doug Armstrong says, look, the price is way too high for Hampus Lindholm, I'm not giving up that big package. Giordano, 37, 38 years old, I could get by with a a second-round pick or a mid-level prospect or something like that. I, I think he could be a possibility, but I think that was probably third or fourth in terms of options for the Blues. You know, I reported a couple weeks ago that I heard the Blues walked away from talks with Seattle for Giordano because they don't believe he's the type of player that he needs. But, you know, once this guy goes to Florida and this guy goes here and this guy goes here, maybe Doug looks at it and says, uh, we will bring him in. So so we'll see. I, I don't want to rule it out, but I don't think he's one of their top priorities. Final question, and then we'll let you go. Is Vladdy on this team next year? If not, don't you think you have to move him as part of the deal to bring in a top defenseman from a cap standpoint? Yeah, one of the toughest questions it really is. You know, I, I've been following that from day one, and, uh, you know, I've mentioned this to you before that – uh, they're going to revisit the trade request in the off season. They obviously uh, Tarasenko's camp knows that he's not going to get traded. You know, in in the last couple months leading up to the deadline, that just wasn't going to happen. You can't find a player who can come in and give you what Vladdy's given uh, for that price tag. Uh, so they're going to revisit it. Does Vladdy Tarasenko have a change of heart and say, you know what, I'll I'll play this last year uh, of his contract? You know, possibly. Uh, but I think that Doug Armstrong, like that's likely. Yeah, but I, I think to to go back to the focus of the question is, you know, they're going to need some cap space, right? I mean, they might not bring Perron back, uh, but you're going to go into next year up against the cap as well. And where's that wiggle room going to come from? If you need to 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 fill a hole, where are you going to get the money to go do that? You know, if they sit down with Vladdy and Vladdy says, "Yes, I still want to be traded." I think that's one of the avenues that the Blues have to find that cap room. But obviously they're going to want to get the return for Tarasenko that they've been anticipating. Jeremy Rutherford here on Fridays on Balloon Party. JR, thank you for coming in studio and talking to me, Jackson. Thanks. Appreciate it. Uh, We will take a commercial break, come back with So What'd Your Grandma Think? And then it's BK and Ferrario. You are listening to 101 ESPN. We're right back to the Balloon Party on the Tim McKernan Podcast. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. Sometimes the media asks bad questions. Not not a good question. Like, Coach, uh, how cool was it that it was a Wisconsin player that uh, sank the winning shot? Well, they're all Wisconsin players. Or, I'm doing a story about New Year's resolutions, and I was just wondering if you had any you wanted to share with your fans and our readers. Yeah, no, not right now. Okay, thanks. And when that happens, players will fire back. What? Bro, what are you talking about, man? Stop asking me stupid questions. Now it's time for... So what's your grandma think? Well, I think a lot of the players are recognizing that Jackson continues to fail to deliver on his new open and... A lot of frustration, candidly, as the the players are frustrated by the conditions of the course. Yeah, and it's honest. It's 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 on me. But I'm gonna be in the weekend over the weekend thinking about it. I'll be in the lab editing, and you're uh, coming in here to edit this weekend. I, if I have to, 
you know, I, if, if I have to, I, that's that's what I'm going to do so this open is as good as it can be. Wow. A lot of buildup for this delayed open. Well, if it's going to be delayed, it better be good. That's my that's my motto. The hat man has that Iggy work ethic. That's from the 314. Wow. You go after Jack and Jackson's work ethic. It's a, you know, it's that's, fair. That's... It's fair. It's very fair. You know, I dropped the ball. I dropped the ball. But uh, and, and you know what really disappoints me is that I ruined... St. Patrick's Day for a lot of St. For a lot of St. Louis, but more importantly, you, Tim. Thank you so much, <laughs> Jackson. Uh, what do we have uh, from the 1980s nope. uh, NBA? 2018, <laughs> um, but it's March Madness, so it's a throwback to one of my favorite post-game March Madness interviews with Leonard Hamilton, head coach of Florida State, yep. and uh, he didn't foul at the at the, in the last couple of minutes of the game, and uh, he kind of gets held accountable. Take me through the final seconds of this game. Why didn't you guys foul? Uh, what are you talking about? Down the stretch there, the end of the game, the final seconds, 11 seconds left on the do, clock. Do you think that the game came down to the final seconds of the game? I'm asking you, though, why that decision in the final seconds of the game? We, we, the game was over. You didn't think your guys could get back in it, put them on the line you if mean, they miss those shots? I mean, but 15 seconds of the clock, what were we down? Put them on the line, they miss a few shots. <sighs> Coach, a four-point ball game, it's a question that, that the guys were asking at the end of our game. That's all I'm asking. It didn't come down to that in your mind. I thought they, I thought they did a great job. <laughs> the classic redirect, just the classic redirect. Mm-mm-mm. I'm on the reporter's side. A hundred percent. Okay. Hundred percent. That's a very fair question to ask. That was after he beat Missouri too, not that yes, game, but, but they the lost. first round. Yeah. They beat Missouri in 2018. Then I think they went to the Sweet 16, if memory serves. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they and they were a higher seed than Missouri. I think they were the nine seed. Uh, yeah, I'm on the side of the reporter there. 100%. All right, all right, we're on the same page. All right, BK and Ferrario are coming up next. This will do it for the week for Yuppie and the Douchebag. <laughs> uh, what will the show be called this time next Friday? I don't Who know. Knows? <laughs> uh, boy, Jackson, your spend rate on excuses are better than John Mazalox. That's from the 314. Double barrel shotgun. There. Yeah, you took a couple. You took a couple. Jackson, not sure how you're going to do edits in Creve Cora when you're going to spend all weekend in Chicago watching the Pelicans and Jazz games with your yuppie buddy. <laughs> Can't let me live before the weekend. Man, oh man. <laughs> so you're going to be in Chicago watching the Pelicans and Jazz with yuppies. That would be great. I'd be super down for a Chicago A weekend. rare neutral site game. Right, yeah. yeah. The Jazz and Pelicans play at the United Center. First and you'll be hanging ever. out only with yuppies. Only yuppies, and then I'll talk it over with Quinn after the game, of course. Jackson, are these supposed to be funny? I don't get it. It's from the 573. Uh, well, I guess not. I guess they're not supposed to be funny. You think the game came down to that? You think this segment came down to that? Well, they were talking about it after the game. The reporter was doing her job. 100%. When you don't foul late in the game, that's going to be a question you're going to be asked. It happened in Missouri. Right. Happened in Missouri against Auburn, right? Absolutely. Yeah, you're going to get asked if you don't foul late in the game. Tournament starts today. My play, the, the, yesterday's Michigan was a five-star play. I'm releasing a three-star play on Loyola. Michigan mm. was a five-star play. This is a three-star play on Loyola today. I have a four-star play. Okay, go ahead. Iowa State over LSU. Okay. LSU in between coaches. I, but there's a lot of squares are going to be on Iowa State, I but know. I understand the reasoning. Oh, yeah. No, What's I, the number? I don't know on that. Great. Nice, money nice line. Pick. Iowa Wonderful State pick. money line. Oh, you're going money line. Money line. Oh. Well, you either go or you don't. That's my credo. <laughs> Terrible credo. Makes no sense. Why not take the points? But either way, it doesn't matter. We got to go. Uh, BK and Ferrario up next. This has been Bloom Party on Loonies.
You've been listening to the Balloon Party on the Tim McKernan Podcast. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. Peloton, let's go. This holiday, with the right music and the right motivation from world-class instructors. We're going to pick it up a notch. It's the holiday season. You might just surprise yourself with what you're capable of. Work out to thousands of live and on-demand classes, from running to cycling to yoga. Try Peloton risk-free with a 30-day home trial. New members only, not available in remote locations. See additional terms at onepeloton.com slash home dash trial. Peloton, motivation that moves you.